Martin. Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. Jobber Talk with Martin. Hey, welcome to Chapter 5. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Chapter 5 of our PWR History Rundown. Hi, this is Martin and this... This is Ice, this is John. <laughs> oh yes, this is John. Hey, John. <laughs> okay, I kicked something, I'm sorry. For Chapter 5, we're gonna talk about PWR Live 1. It was staged at the Makati Cinema Square Arena last August 15, 2015. Let's talk about what happened before that. If you remember Revolution X... The crowning of the first PWR champion, who was JDL, and then mm. and then there was a swerve, yeah, right, uh, and then uh, somebody came from the came out of the back and shook hands with Mr. C, classical Brian Leo, <laughs> and so in his win, yes, and so we have our first multi-day <laughs> PWR champion in classical Brian Leo, a first world champion, yeah, a first world champion, which is uh, I suppose it's. Uh, the proper sort of antagonist for a third world wrestling promotion. That was last May. Hmm. And this was August. Uh, let's talk about what happened in between, like outside of PWR, inside PWR. Hmm. There were two major events that happened way before PWR Live 1. And that's, first of all, the deaths of Roddy Piper and uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes died around June 11, and Roddy Piper died around August 1. You'll see the legacy of both men in PWR Live 1 through a couple of the wrestlers. We'll go into detail during the match itself. Also, before PWR Live 1, the PWR wrestlers actually attended ToyCon, not attend as ToyCon condors, but... Yeah, not as uh, cosplayers, but as themselves, or at least as their... Uh, wrestling characters. Yeah, so we had Mr. C showing the uh, ToyCon Faithful a video package. It was, I think, a match between Mayhem and Apocalypse taking on Brian Leo and Main Max. Wait, did I say Mayhem? Yeah, I said Mayhem and Apocalypse. Right, yeah, I remember that match. Was, I think at the start of the year. Yeah, Vendetta. You yeah. Can check it out in Chapter 3, by the way, folks. So actually, there was a curious thing. Uh, when uh, Mr. C was introducing the wrestlers, he was alluding to the history of Philippine pro wrestling. He was talking about Joey Poggi. Oh yeah, Bacal Boys. Bacal Boys, yeah. And uh, it, it actually got me thinking about the identity of PWR. Uh, if you look at PWR now, and you, you, could, uh, you probably know more about this, Martin, than I do, it feels more like doesn't feel like a continuity of the old, you know, Bacal Boys, Joey Poggi style wrestling. Oh, yeah, it's more nice. like, yeah. It's more like, it reminds me more of a, like a Philippine version of Ring of Honor or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, I guess the continuity is not really there, but I do enjoy the new product. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we evolved with the times. We did not, PWR did not go back. It doesn't feel like a carny show like the old wrestling did. Oh, yeah. yeah, but if, you know, Gary Leasing will be interested enough to fund PWR like he did with Pinoy Wrestling, I'm all for Gary Leasing. All right, yeah, I get Gary Leasing-style carny stuff yeah, <laughs> with yeah, the yeah. Car cartoon gimmicks. Or money, <laughs> Mr. Leasing. <laughs> just We're just saying, everyone needs help. We need, uh, you know, more f pyros, you know, to start the show. 
more pyro, a better smoke machine. No, smoke machine is fine. Uh, yeah, but there's, there's only one. You need two to make it make the effect surround the wrestler rather than coming coming out of the passage. And pyro, yes. Although I don't think I Academy will allow us to set off fireworks in the <laughs> the middle of their auditorium. We'll make a way. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, after that package, we saw. Two good guys of PWR, Bombay Suarez and Ralph Imabayashi. Now, they were going to say something, but Ken Warren interrupted them midway, setting up a ambush by... By John Sebastian. Yeah. Yes. They couldn't see him. <laughs> Cena jokes, really, yeah, Martin? Cena jokes? <laughs> Come on, I'm trying, man. Yeah, if, if you see it right now, they're beating up the good guys. And yeah, we'll put the link up and... Here you see a super kick to Ralph, and then John Sebastian, he rams Bombay into a Hulkbuster. You see that? Right there. Oh, God. And who do you see behind the Hulkbuster? You see Joey Bax and JDL. Oh, wait. You can be seen. Walks away. <laughs> Oopsie. Oops. <laughs> Don't break kayfabe. Kayfabe, guys. Hide away. <laughs> but, but that was like an Easter egg if, you know, if there were... More PWR fans. Yeah, they hey, could spot it. Why aren't you saving them, JDL? Joey backs they can get because Mr. C is his, you know. This is boss. Yeah, yeah. His security detail. At that point, JDL is not JDL. JDL is office guy. Oh, yeah. JDL's like random convoy. Oh, I'm not JDL. I'm, uh, I'm just, I just look like him. I'm just buying my toys. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, so when we interviewed. Uh, James Idol Martinez. Hey, don't you look like that guy who always got beaten up in the pre-show? Speaking of the Jimmy O, we will be talking about Jimmy O in a while. But right now, we will be talking about the PWR Live pre-videos, the pre-event videos. You can see it on the PWR YouTube channel. Oh, you've seen this before, John. Remember that time when they uh, introduced Poch Estrada and then he puts a t-shirt over his face? Oh, yeah. This is where they continue the uh, storied wrestling tradition of abusing the backstage reporter yeah. if he's a guy. And Brian Leo putting his title on the face yeah. of Potts. <laughs> oh yeah, this, this was when uh, Mike's skills were still not there. Where uh, John Sebastian, when he cuts his promo, keeps looking away from the camera. What I like about this is like, you know, the chemistry actually, the chemistry between Sebastian and Potts Estrada. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> just... It is the perfect chemistry between the bully and the bullied. It's like The Rock and Kevin Kelly or The Rock and Jonathan Coatsman. Or The Rock and everybody else. <laughs> These videos are the debut of the new ring announcer, Pots Estrada. Because uh, the current ring announcer at that time, uh, Mr. Camus, had an injury, I heard. And the so, Achilles injury, I think. Yeah, yeah, so even going in the ring would be tough. So we're hoping for a speedy recovery. But as of this recording, we can tell you that Mr. Camus is 100% well. Still wants to super kick you in the face? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> he still wants to super kick me in the face. Hey, we didn't take his job. No. That was that was Fox. He's, see, he took his job. And uh, and then the girl. Crystal? Yes. Yeah, Crystal took his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I heard, uh, you know, Chino Ginto wants to take his job. Oh, fuck Chino, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now we're going to the pre-show. Speaking of someone who might be related to Chino, or related to someone related to Chino, we'll go to the very first pre-show match of PWR history. And it's between Vintendo and Jimmy Aureliana. 
Right, this is Jimmy Orleana's debut, right? Yes, as well as Vintendo. Uh, what can you say about Vintendo? Uh, because I can tell you from the name itself, from his ring attire that time, the whole uh, red and blue, it's really reminiscent of... Super Mario. Yeah. So the video game gimmick is nice, I suppose. It appeals to a certain segment of PWR's audience and uh, the gamer segment, uh, the gamer intersection. The only real concern is you're not really going to be able to squeeze much out of the gimmick. I mean, you're not, are you going to be able to put a world title or a PWR title around the waist of Nintendo? There is a chance for him to level up. Ha! <laughs> ha! Level up. Ha I got it, Martin. I got it. How about Jimmy O? Because at this point, uh, he's just some random wiry bad guy. Yeah, he was just a wiry, he was a jobber, essentially. That the Jimmy O of this era, I mean, he was a, a jobber, but even then, you could see that he had a, a certain physical charisma. I mean, he was thin, he was small, and he acted like he knew he was and was trying to get an advantage. It's a, it's a sort of slapstick genius. And from his body language and his performance against Nintendo, you can see that he knows how to be a bad guy. And this goes on to the next match he'll have against Mark Di Manalo. Next chapter, we're sorry. Yeah. So it was actually a, a good debut. I mean, on the surface, it was just a skinny guy getting his ass beat. But yeah, little do they know. And actually, just by careful watching, you could see that this guy is a future star. Yeah. And uh, same for Nintendo, uh, yeah. the entertaining moves like the Shoryuken and then the E-Honda slaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the novelty was certainly there. Yeah. Remember, this is the first time we saw it. Yeah, this is the yeah. first time we saw Nintendo. Yes. And then the choke slam. Yes, yes. For the win. What finisher did he use? Was it the choke yeah. slam? Yeah. All right. Just the choke slam. If, if, if it's not, we're sorry. My notes might be wrong right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next segment is my favorite segment of the pre-show. It's the Kanto Terror Drinking Challenge. Ah, yes. This was reminiscent of the glory days of Makati Cinema Square, or PWR in Makati Cinema Square, where alcohol flowed freely and Everybody could just be themselves. But yeah, uh, the drinking challenge. Sadly, Kanto Terror lost because he was pre-gaming too much. He was practicing too much. Yeah, rule number one when you're entering a drinking contest, practice does not make perfect. Practice makes you drunker. But good guy Kanto Terror, he just made the audience win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If he was really game, they would lose. Yeah, drink them all under the yeah. table. With one hat, with both hands tied behind his back. Who's gonna feed him the drink? Martin. <laughs> so yeah, let's go to the very first match. This was a lead up to Revolution X. After his sneak attack on Bombay at Revolution X and at Toycon, it's John Sebastian versus Bombay Suarez one on one round one. Is this a student versus master? In a way, yes. <laughs> Just like it was for JDL versus Bombay. Or everybody versus Bombay. <laughs> Unless you're like the later batches. Yeah, Bo- Bombay trained the first one, right? Yeah, and the first couple of ones. Mm. Uh, he's the main trainer. Then I think it was May Max, the next one. And then, I don't know. I think we need to talk to them about this. <laughs> Is this canon? Yeah, let's make it canon. No, uh, are we keeping kayfabe in this podcast, Martin? No, perfect match. Spinebuster by Bombay. The whole uh, John Cena moves by Sebastian. And see it from uh, this video. 
courtesy of TV5 or Sports 5. You can also check out... Actually, yeah, you can check out this match and every match of PWR Live online. If you want the three-man announced team of Mr. C, Kiko, Fabregas, and... Vic Emmanuel, the guy. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to the uh, Sports 5 stream of PWR. And if you want to hear, not yet, Rhetoric Mahaba, Red Oliero, and our friend from Rappler, Nisi, Rappler has some in their YouTube stream as well. Right, uh, live commentary. Yeah, live commentary. Yeah, we should do a live commentary, Martin. Uh, I don't think Channel 14 has enough funds. But you can fund us through Patreon. <laughs> yes, or, indeed. Or PayPal. But we will not give you more plugs right now. Actually, we don't need to make it a live commentary. You could be like the DVD commentary after they've seen the show with those other guys. But yeah, if you check out the Sports 5 videos, they actually have pre-match vids. So, like, John Sebastian actually has a pre-match promo. You can see, like, while he's on his way to the ring, he'll be saying, Are you... Aren't you scared of me, Bombay? Aren't you scared that after I beat you up here, you won't even have have the brain power to say more than three words? Kill this bitch. Or something like that. <laughs> so it'd, be like it a, it'd be like a uh, permanent broken record. Kill yeah. this bitch. Kill this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> right. Speaking of that, that's how it happened. Knee to the face of Bombay. One, two, three. John Sebastian wins. After his win, he said, I told you so to everyone in the building. Yeah, uh, at this point, uh, John Sebastian was still a fairly new member of Royal Flush. So I guess he needed this win to bolster the credential as a, as a villain. And he did a pretty good job. Pre-show promo, yeah, show that he can do mic work pretty well. So far, with Royal Flush, it's Brian Leo and John Sebastian on the mic. Yeah, and at this point, Main Max was out of the uh, broken of the arm, right? Yeah. The broken arm from that match with Apocalypse and Revolution X. Speaking of X, before this match, we forgot. We were talking about this pre-record. Mr. C came out to inform us of the PHX title. How do you like the design? It was akin for me to the IC title, the white and yeah. gold. Yeah. The design was a bird, right? There's like a, a bird in the middle. PHX. Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a play on PHX being Phoenix, Phoenix. Uh, the Philippine Hybrid X champion. And it did look like, I think, when the older IC belt. Oh, yeah, that's why I liked it. Yeah, I'll, I thought I always thought that this was like uh, an X Division type thing. Yeah, like an X Division title. Mm-hmm. And so there's a heavyweight championship. There's a, a PHX title, I suppose, be a, like the X Division, but... Everybody on the PWR roster is sort of X division. Oh, oh. No, there's actually a weight limit. Oh, there's a weight limit. That's why John Sebastian can never go there. That's the joke. Ah, okay. Uh, we'll uh, talk about this in Chapter 6. All right, all right. We'll be talking about the press conference. Yeah, so I guess Ken Warren got disqualified after Christmas? <laughs> oh, no, no. no. He still fits the 185 weight limit. Oh, okay. You know? That's why Panzer can still get in because he's a lean, mean. Oh, because one, he's thin. Oh, burn. Like, <laughs> no, no. But yeah, he's lean, I guess. So he still qualifies. Who else qualified? Fighters for hire. Mm. Um, dual shock. You know, this is something I've always found curious because uh, you usually have an X division or a cruiser rate division because you want to see a different style of wrestling that you usually see 
from the regular uh, competition, right? Which is why the cruiserweight, when cruiserweights do battle, you're usually expecting a lot of high-flying moves, a lot of uh, lucha libre, fast Japanese-style crazy moves, which is why I always thought the uh, weight limit to be disingenuous. I always thought that the X-Division-type championship was for matches that were essentially high-flying matches, which is why, for example, I think in the WWE, guys like Chris Jericho qualified for it, despite the fact he was heavyweight. Did he qualify for it? I don't think he ever qualified. Ah, he didn't qualify. Hmm. Christian did because he lost weight through a chicken suit. Yeah, (laughs) chicken suit. A chicken suit can help you lose weight. Yeah. So I always explain that while there was a weight limit, it was more of a stylistic division. Yeah, like this one. Yeah. Are we going to go into it? Because you told me about this, a national artist. You actually found out the guy's name. I didn't. Maybe just... Yeah, this, it was in the news. Efshunil Jose, uh, to get some backgrounder, this was a time wherein the Chinese buildup in the South China Sea was always in the news. They had just reclaimed Fiery Cross, turned it into an airfield and uh, a way station for their battleships. And tensions were high. And Efshunil Jose was a, a national artist uh, for literature. Okay. And uh, he said in, a na- in the national newspaper, I think it was Philippine Star, he said that the Chinese living in the Philippines should be subject to a certain an oath of loyalty to uh, either keep their money here or to invest in the Philippines and to join the armed forces, I think, should there be war between Phil- the Philippines and China. And, so, uh, yeah. And yeah, a select quote there was actually quoted by Mr. C. And so, of course, by his name, you already know Mr. C is a Chinese Filipino. Yeah. And uh, he was offended by the Efshanil Jose piece. And he said so. A very impassioned promo that he used to introduce the... What match was it? No, I- to introduce the PHX, the division. PHX division championship, so he wanted to show that it was in a way, in a way, he was trying to show that he was very Filipino, and he was to do that, he was going to show you a title really meant to be Filipino, yeah, a Philippine Hybrid X championship. Basically, the quote he quoted was, "Porque ibang itsura mo, iba ang pangalan mo, hindi Pilipinas ang tatawagan mong bansa." From Mr. Jose, that he said. That is an insult because he, like us, were born and raised in the Philippines mm. as a Filipino. And don't you think this harks back to, well, how pro wrestling as an art form or as a performing arts uses pop culture and real life stories or things that are happening right now? Yeah, yeah ripped from the headlines. Sometimes this has been done clumsily, like the WWE and uh, the Muhammad Hassan thing, yeah. yeah, and the Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. Although the Donald Trump thing was more not exactly ripped from the headlines, more like ripped from TV Guide. Yeah. Tongue in cheek. Yeah, uh, that was well before Trump had even dreamed of running for president. But what was masterfully done before was the Sergeant Slaughter. Yes, and Hulk Hogan. Yes, uh, the height of the. Cold War tensions, tensions in the Middle East. Yeah, they used Sergeant Slaughter to turn to turn <laughs> on, America. on America, become a traitor, and release a storyline that generated a lot of pop when it hit, it hit its logical conclusion. Well, we can also cite like guys like Paul Heyman using what's happening in the news or mm. pop culture, similar to how Mr. C used a real life 
story and leads lead it into the PHX title. Mm. So props to Mr. C for doing a good lead up to the PHX title introduction. And yeah. did you notice someone with him? No, what? Did you notice his new bodyguard? Oh, at that point, yeah, that was also Maverick Knight's sort of debut. But this is the first time we see him in PWR. Yeah, and like, all right, Mr. C upgraded the security. This guy's as big as both fighters for hire put together. I guess he pays him double. I wonder how much the network paid him. Big enough. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, after the intro of Mr. C, after Sebastian wins over Bombay, let's go to our first match for the PHX title. It will be Fighter for Hire, Miguel Rosales versus Mayhem Brannigan. Right, yeah, this was pretty good because both wrestlers were technically competent. Uh, and there was a contrast in styles because Mayhem was more of a, a Mick Foley type, Dean Ambrose type, right? Yeah. Sort of uh, not really caring how he uses his body, just throws it around. While Miguel Rosales was a power wrestler. Yeah, yeah. suplexes, uh, locks. He mm. actually did a Kimura. Yeah. Yeah, and very MMA. He's not Little Brock for nothing. But he won via ref stoppage because... Uh, Apparently, Rosales couldn't cope with the match anymore. And uh, this is weird because right now, this guy, uh, Rosales, would be very sportsmanlike in the way of things. He shook hands with Mayhem after the match, which will be a, uh, how do you call that? Shadow conclusion? Uh, There's a foreshadowing. Foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the next event. (laughs) It's like a big lead up. To what's gonna happen yeah. at Renaissance? A uh, subtle wink at what's about to happen next. Yeah. The, and speaking of what's gonna happen next, the friend of Mayhem Brannigan is gonna face off with a dual shock member in the next match. It's Sandata versus Mr. Panzer. So here, the two guys who don't really talk much decide to put on a show. It was a pretty good show, except that their styles were very similar. And a bit reversed. Mm. Did you notice that it was Papa P who was doing more high-flying stuff? Yeah, despite being bigger, the bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. the bigger guy. Yeah. And he was agile as... Yeah, really agile though, but I think they were both taking off from the ropes. This was still when PWR was using a, essentially a boxing ring. So yes. it was hard to really high-fly when all the ropes were saggy. But they did try and it did come off. Pretty well, especially the newfound aggression from Sandata, who at this point had always been beaten. He, he was almost like a jobber. Yeah, the fall guy for dual shock. Yeah, the fall guy for dual shock before they're disbanding. Yeah, the win. It's obviously Panzer with the Panzer strike, the kick to the face. Mm. But yeah, very good match. For me. Uh, oh, is it a Panzer strike? I always the Panzer. How do you pronounce that? I thought it was called the Panzer Shrek. Like, yeah, yeah. named yeah. after the anti-tank yeah, yeah. weapon. Panzer Shrek. Uh, <laughs> I can never say that right. Yeah. <laughs> Panzer Shrek. So I just add Shrek. <laughs> We're sorry, Panzer. <laughs> yeah. We're not German. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of German... Oh, no, no. This is not even a German guy. The next guy. He's actually Kababayan natin. From Mandaluyong City. Canto Terror joins the prom de Mark Di Manalo. In the next segment called the MDM Bootcamp Invitational. <laughs> Actually, we should probably get Canto Terra to join us sometime. After all, we are live from Andaluyo. Yes, and he's just a few blocks away from Tino Street. 
Yeah, the canto tinyo. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, all right. So this is what I like about the video coverage of TV Five. They still use "Take on Me." Oh yes, yes. I one of my one of the changes I had a hard time getting on board with was Mark Dimanado's music change. Man. But, you know, copyright. So, yeah, uh, copyright was expensive because it was a foreign song. The very least, Cantatera kept his, which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, you can tell that song, you know, reverberated for the crowd. Like we were all singing along. Even just check out the video, you'll see, it. you'll hear us singing along. So yeah, it was an invitational, and he invited any boot campers at the back to face him. You know, like face. Yeah, it was like a big challenge. And who comes out? It's Trabajo El Trabajador. Uno or dos. One of the yeah, one of the interchangeable jobbers. Yeah. Sad to say, another masked man attacked him from behind. Ah, apocalypse. All right. And I was like saying, that's not a boot camper. That's not a boot camper at all. You know what my issue here is, John? Hmm. My issue here is while he was attacking a boot camper, there were two PWR bouncers. Very near the two of them. And they're just like saying, they're just looking. And when he leads up to the ringside, Kantatera was also just looking. Yeah, it sort of stretches the kayfabe a bit. Like, they were all in it. It was me, people. It was me all along. Uh, aren't you guys gonna help, you know, Uno or Dos, whoever he was? I guess nobody really cared. <laughs> but then again... This is the same apocalypse that a few uh, pay-per-views later would demolish the entire backstage crew. Maybe they were just scared. And this is the same apocalypse who just dove off anytime he pleases on to the security people. Uh, so it's probably not a good idea to get in his way. Let's <laughs> think, eh, you're not Royal Flush. We can't block you. Like, <laughs> all right, uh, guys, so are we going to risk our necks for interchangeable jobbers number one and two? <laughs> and then you know he and Kantatera were jawjacking for a while before he enters and beats the hell out of Mark Dimanado. yeah it's always he's always the one who gets beat up in fairness he tried to have a comeback he almost did a stunner however and yeah they sanctioned this match it was an official match Apocalypse versus Dimanalo he was blocked and Death Bell won to whoops no no he grabs Dimanalo and delivers the finisher four more times oh, man. before the referee Matt Rojas gives him the match for him to stop beating up on Mark Dimanalo. Did he just quick count Mark Dimanalo or just waved it off? He just waved it off. Okay, give it to the masked guy. Let's not have him beat him up more. Sad to say, well, this was happening. Kantater was just outside watching. Hmm. Maybe he was drunk. Actually, yeah, that's what the commentators are saying too. Maybe he did just have a drinking contest. That's true. <laughs> it was having a like thing. No, Mark has this. Or he's probably thinking, what's happening? <laughs> Maybe I'm just dreaming. I think I'll go back to sleep now. And then he woke <laughs> up after he saw the crowbar and uh, he was about to, Apoc was about to attack Dimanado. And this is where it happened. Ah, uh, yeah, it got hit to the eye. Yeah, he grabbed the eye of Kantotero and then he bled. Mm. Bled like a stuffed pig in the face. I think the, the term eyeball. is. I think the term is stuffed pig. A stuffed pig is ready to eat. It doesn't bleed anymore. God damn! 
<laughs> Where am I getting these words? <laughs> can blame good old JR. Oh, God. <laughs> JR, you egg sucking dog. <laughs> I knew you egg sucking dog. Much love from Terry Funk. <laughs> Poor Kanto Terror, he got blinded. And then before Apocalypse left, he got stopped by Panzer and Mayhem, who were like saying, Dude, you have no chill, man. And he also tries to beat them up. Oh, it's weird because I think only a couple of pay-per-views ago, Apocalypse and Mayhem were tag team partners. Yeah, yeah. that's why he was like, the F Apocalypse. Yeah. The Masked Men Unite suddenly no more. Does this also lead up to the breakup of Dual Shock? Is this how... Nah, only one guy had a mask. Oh, right, right. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, moving on. Speaking of uh, Dual Shock, let's go to P to the V. He takes on Ralph Imabayashi into one of my favorite matches in 2015. Yes, at this point though, Versosa was not yet P to the V. Still hasn't adopted that really funny moniker. <laughs> like, no, yeah. no, you, because you heard something, yeah. you heard something else. <laughs> but to be fair, it was it's right there. It, it, just a small sip of the tongue and it's already there. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, let's go into the match. For me, I like the big swing of PV. Yeah, yeah. This, this was, he was channeling Cesaro. Cesaro, yeah. And he was also doing a lot of power moves, which is good because common perception of your, your Filipino is that he's small. So you'd think Philippine wrestling would be somewhat like Lucha Libre, lots of jumping around, lots of agility. But the fact that we had power wrestlers like Rosales and Versosa, I think speaks well to the versatility of talent available in Philippine wrestling. I also like the fact that he did a Houston hangover of Booker T. I think it was this match. Was it this match? I think, yeah, it was this match. Sad to say, Peter Versosa lost after a Sonic Crusher out of nowhere. Yes, out of nowhere. Man, hats off to both Ralph and Versosa in this match. That pulled off a good one. And someone had to top that in the next match. Get it? Hashtag that because we will have ken warren against future bodyguard joey bats it's fun how ken warren was playing around saying oh you're too small you can't beat me and then after he got beaten up a bit he ran away from joey bats they were like chasing around the ringside yeah can't stand against little rusev man uh, it was a good match uh Bax had a lot of offense in he really showed his strengths as in he was you know yeah, very, very MMA. But sad to say, Ken Warren wins with a super kick! Sad to say? We're Ken Warren Nation right here. Yeah, we are. But sad to say for Bax, you know. But happy for us. Yeah, happy for us. <laughs> We're sorry, Bax. Yeah, so our boy Ken Warren won this match on the virtue of a nice super kick. Then we see Stanley C. After the four finalists go in the ring, and Jawjack at each other. And they were pointing at that belt right there with Stan. Yeah, we want that title. Mm. I want that title. It's my title. It's no, my it's my. title. <laughs> this one is a Philippine Hybrid X Championship. Brian Leo probably doesn't qualify. <laughs> He's a first world man. This is beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> but he would love to have this in the Royal Flush. But yeah, speaking of Brian Leo, let's go to the fact that he was... Uh, Paying tribute at this night for both Roddy Piper and Dusty Rhodes in his outfits. Yeah, he was wearing a kilt instead of his usual polka dot number. And he was wearing the polka dots in his match against JDL. Mm, yeah. So let's go to the match against JDL. It was the standard great match that they pull off mm. every day. Did you have a feeling that JDL might win it this time or it was too soon? 
JDL, I think, uh, would have been a good first run champion. Start with a face, and he definitely had it. He's always going to have a shot because he's certainly skilled enough. Uh, definitely in the mix for face of the company. And at this point, he was also the most over face, I think, even more so than Mayhem. Yeah, so uh, which I always found unusual. I always thought that a character like uh, a senorito would always translate as a bad guy, but for some reason, the crowd loved him. I will love him. Yes. So we are cheering our Hacienda character gimmick to victory. A bit of a disconnect, considering the nationalist promo cut by Mr. C earlier. But uh, yeah, whenever JDL steps into the ring, there's always a chance. But look at it this way. Hacendero, that's a Filipino. Yeah. (laughs) Filipino. Actually, the very first Filipinos were a bunch of Spaniards who decided to call themselves Filipinos. So... It's right in there. <laughs> See, he is one of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Right. But yeah, the finish was uh, he got distracted by John Sebastian, mm. who he super kicked to the face to. Yep. Like that. Mm-hmm. And he was about to finish things off, but he got a low blow. Oh, low blow. Low blow. My God. So he was knocked out and Brian Leo put on his submission hold. But since he was too knocked out to even tap out, Brian Leo gets the win because he knocked out, quote-unquote, JDL by choking him out. Yeah, too incapacitated to finish, like the Stone Cold versus uh, Bret Hart or like the recent one, uh, Samoa Joe versus Sami Zayn. Yeah, and after the match, guess who comes back to the ringside? Apocalypse! Apocalypse now! And he was in a bad mood. Why was he ever in a good mood? You know, when he took out the eye of Counter Terror, he <laughs> was kind of smiling on the inside, I heard. <laughs> in, the, in the inside, you saw on the inside the smiling. Yes. <laughs> so that's the end of PWR Live 2. So what can we say about this? Uh, aside from what happened in ring, we can talk about what happened outside the ring. You noticed the, the cameraman. Yeah. Yeah, this was, I think, was it the first PWR that TV5 covered? or Yes, the first and only time. Oh, right, right. Match. Maybe the second one was, this is the second I, one technically. Maybe Terminus, because I remember yeah, they yeah. Terminus too. Uh, and was it, was it just TV5? I thought there were, I saw some no. GMA cameras yeah, too. Yeah, there were GMA cameras. Yeah. So two days after this event, they had a small segment at GMA News. Yeah, I remember because I, I saw, I don't know what that reporter's name was but she was interviewing Scarlett like and then she was also interviewing Mark Diminala as he was being you know pulled to the back by Panzer yeah. and the uh, purple pants guy yeah purple pants guy a future the purple pants yeah future uh J-O. J O was it J O Y O I really think it's not Y O oh it's not Y O his face was different right too uh too conyoy to be and uh, not too conyoy to enough to be Y O but yeah you can check out the GMA Five segment GMA seven GMA seven oh, oh, oh. GMA seven GMA seven <laughs> as well as the sports five and the Rappler videos on our links down below. So yeah, Jao's gonna have a lot of work in this episode. Don't worry, I'll, I'll provide him the links. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it for chapter five of our volume one PWR history rundown. This is your host Martin and John signing out.